Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast. This episode is sort of inspired by what's going on right now. We have a lot of uh, deadline articles for those of you in the industry, specifically involving casting directors and self-tapes. So we always had self-tapes. Auditions were always self-tapes and in-person auditions. And then when the pandemic hit, everything switched over to self-tapes. And while theater um, auditions have started to go back to in-person auditions and film, TV, and commercial are primarily right now um, self-tapes, with the exception of maybe callbacks and chemistry reads, which are done sometimes in person or on Zoom or on Ecocast Live, uh, the majority of auditions primarily are self-tapes. And there's just different sort of things going around right now. We're talking about self-tape privilege, which I'm going to go into in a bit, but it's the idea that there are some people who are able to afford better quality self-tapes, whether they go and hire places to help them produce it or they have a self-tape studio. I mean, I've seen some self-tape setups that are amazing, right? Where entire rooms are devoted to self-tapes and the quality of the sound's amazing. We have mics, we have multiple lighting options and uh, professional tripods and backdrops and different color backdrops. And someone like that is, is has, you know, more privilege maybe than someone else who's in a small apartment in New York, for instance, and has to... You know, I mean, I have to sort of break down and set up every time I do a pod, uh, every time I do an audition. And that's fine. I mean, but there's some people who can't even afford to get the lights and can't afford to get a backdrop. They just use, you know, the wall, you know, plain wall in the background. And so there's different setups and there's there's a talk about privilege and there's also talk about casting directors charging for specific services, right? You know, to record auditions and to offer, you know, feedback because we're not getting any feedback as actors for these auditions. And so I made uh, an Instagram reel. It's been shared, you know, 60 something times or whatever. I haven't looked at it in a while and has had a few thousand views or whatever. And, um, you know, it's because I really want to do a panel. I want to host a panel of casting directors, actors and agents and managers where we talk about some of the stuff that's been going on, you know, since the pandemic started, a lot of casting offices are charging more and more for services, and a lot of people are really upset about it. So this particular episode um, is actually just a compilation of various casting directors talking about what they want, what they're looking for in self-tapes, right? And it's much more simple than you think, and it's nice to hear the reassurance so not only did I compile some of the past episodes we've had with casting directors like Julie Tucker, Jenny Rabbits, Julie Schubert, Kim Graham, but I also have an upcoming episode with Maribeth Fox from Laura Rosenthal Casting coming this Monday, and I also asked her about self-tape, um, self-tapes and, and her tips on self-tapes. And, you know, this was before the, all that came about, but she also mentioned self-tape privilege. So... Let's start off with Maribeth Fox from Laura Rosenthal Casting. The full episode will be available this upcoming Monday, the 13th. And yeah, I, uh, I had this idea for this episode last minute, so forgive me for the transitions. I literally just 
I had to record things in between clips, and normally I would do it much nicer, but I wanted to get this out this week. So thanks. And uh, yeah, here we go. I did want to continue about self-tapes because you brought that up as well. And the first thing actors always want to know, I'm sure you get this in Q&As all the time, is what are some self-tape tips that you have? What are things that you see all the time from actors in submitting roles and that you like? How much does obviously lighting and sound like do you get like really terrible Sometimes I, I mean, that's the that's the weird thing to me that I think to myself, because I know, I guess in my head, I know so many good actors and I know their their self-tape setup is passable or doable. But I do hear that a lot from um, from casting directors on the podcast that they're just like, yeah, sometimes I have to try to blow out the sound because it's like I can't hear it or the lighting is so bad and I can't see anything. And I'm just like, who are these actors that are like? Man. Uh, Yeah, it is. uh, You know, unfortunately, the bad news of the self-tape game is it's actually a question of privilege. Who can afford to go to B&H and bump up a sound system and pay the 40 bucks for a chroma key backdrop? And so I always feel a little bit sensitive about the tech of it all because tech equals money. So I think what's most important is, and also actors have really figured it out during this global pandemic thing. Like the tech is so much better than it's ever been. And you touched on something really important where I I need to be able to see you. That doesn't mean ring light. That could mean sunshine. I need to be able to hear you. And even more importantly, I need to hear your reader because your reader helps me out with the storytelling just as much as you do. But mostly that's in place. I think the thing that is kind of a a new trend, and this is so subjective and 100% only my opinion, and the next casting director you interview might say differently, I think artists are getting a little bored. And so what I'm starting to see is almost people taking on the job of self-tape as a short film and, you know, being very literal, like, oh, this scene is in a kitchen, so I will tape in my kitchen. And the thing about that is, even though I've never gained an attention deficit disorder diagnosis and don't think I'm really prone to it, I think sitting in my Brooklyn bedroom all day long watching hours of self-tapes causes me to be distractible. Right. And I, I think that, you know, the addition of a lot of props, very literal wardrobe, moving, you know, I think the key to a really good self-tape is knowing that one side of your brain needs to be for self-tape. And one side of your brain needs to be how you'll do it when you have an awesome self-tape and you book the job and you're on the set. The movement should be really simple. The framing should be chest up and decent. The eye line, I need to see your eyes because I don't get a sense of your personality in the room anymore. And that's a real miss. You know, I don't get a sense of your whole body. All I've got is your eyeballs. And so actors are trying to like, dp themselves and go into these like cheated profiles i'm like but i'm missing your work just have a good eyeline please and then there's still really bold amazing work that actors are doing playful curious choices and i think you have to be extra brave these days as an actor to make those brave bold choices because you're not getting instant feedback in a room and because there's you know more and more i'm sure you've experienced this every script is becoming confidential yep and that's not a casting call. You know, that's other people way above our pay scale saying, oh, no, we cannot possibly release this low-budget indie to the masses. And it's like, well, it's not Star Wars, so I think we're okay. 
Yeah. And then it doesn't give actors a tonal clue. So as an actor, if you don't have the background, how do you make those brave, playful, bold choices? Yeah. And not fear that someone's going to call you too big, theatrical, over the top, all the horrible things that actors are noted with. It's a tricky space. All right. Uh, in season one, we had a wonderful episode with Kim Graham, who's at Judy Henderson casting. She cast me in Homeland. She does a lot of different projects. And I asked her about self-tapes, and this is her answer. Shermaine Johnson wants to know, what makes self-tapes stand out? Are there any, like, big do's and don'ts that you see? No, I mean, honestly, in this time, I've seen all of the self-tapes. Yeah. It really is just about the performance the choices and obviously i do think make sure your lighting is good yes see your face you're not washed out right you have a note i've seen a lot of tapes that end up being really washed out so okay. there's no features and that's not good but outside of that you know no, like, that's sure, you know make sure it's like a headshot not a full body or too far away i need to see your eyes but other than yeah. that yeah i'm cool good i love it because yeah. you know we get a little wrapped up sometimes in the technical and especially yeah, doing it right yeah so, good to know and watch it back. You'll know if it's a good tape or not. You know what I mean? I think a lot of actors send in their tape without looking at them. Yeah. And just take a look. You can tell in yeah. two seconds if it's good quality tape. You know? Good. So, yeah, Kim just talks about the basics. Just being able to see, make sure the lighting is good. Super simple. And she said, you know, just watch it back. You'll know if it's good enough. You'll know that, like, if the performance there, which is the main thing... So the next clip is from Jenny Ravitz's episode. Jenny Ravitz has sort of famously worked on many of the Dick Wolf shows, Jonathan Strauss casting, including Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD. She's worked on the FBI shows, FBI, FBI International, um, and even sometimes Law and Order, SVU. And she right now is on her own since that last episode aired, and she's doing lots of theater and wonderful stuff. And so here's what she has to say about self-tapes. Um, and yeah, here we go. I actually did over on the beginning of the pandemic, I did a self-tape do's and don'ts on my Instagram. So you can go to that and even check out my like ideas for solid self-tapes. But my big thing is, is we have to be able to see you and we have to be able to hear you. It is outrageous to me that sometimes I will get self-tapes where an actor is in total darkness and I can't hear them. Yeah. And I go into my like little editing software and I bump up the volume all the way. I can't send that to my team. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll call the agent or the manager, or the actor, and I'll say, Hey, you have to redo this. Yeah. And they'll say, Oh, Hey, well, when, when do you want it? I'm like, well, the deadline was an hour ago. So I need it in five minutes. You got to jump on this thing. And that might not be something that you can do. The self-tape just has to be a good enough quality. And of course we're being forgiving of the fact that you don't have a film studio in yeah. your apartment. You know, some people are just taping against a blank wall and I'm totally okay with that, but yeah. we do need to see you like turn on your lights. Hearing you, seeing you. Yes. And, doing you and, and understanding you. And I think the big thing is that everybody just wants to throw paint at the wall with these cell tapes and they don't take consideration into things like moment before they don't take stock of where they are in the story. And if we're in the room together, I can remind you of those things, but you have to do a little bit more of that research and, and that, and, and that care into your own scene work. 
because it can it can look really strange. I had a I had a, a character at the very beginning of Chicago PD, and it was a dad whose daughter had been accidentally shot, and it literally the first line of action read at the top of the side, like you could not miss it. It was right by start. It said, "This scene is still hot." Okay, so that says to me like scene is hot and you know that there's ambulances and sirens and people crying and you know it is loud and intense and this is seconds after you know his daughter's literally being loaded into an ambulance and that's how the scene starts wow and i mean these guys were some of these guys were reading it as if this happened 10 days ago and yeah. they were the calmest most even keeled guys and i was like i knew that if i just got in a room with them and i said hey happens three seconds ago they would change everything but we didn't have that time for that adjustment right but i knew if they'd just given a little bit more care if they'd seen that the scene is still hot and really took into consideration what that meant then they would have gotten the point of the scene. They would have gotten that story. And you have to be the storyteller. All right. So you see, you know, she really didn't talk about like how produced, how well produced the self-tape is and how, you know, the backdrop needs to be a certain way. She's talking about the moment before. She's talking about technique. She's talking about performance again. Um, our next clip is coming from Julie Tucker of Tucker Meyerson Casting. They do a lot, both movies and television, including The Equalizer, uh, Dexter, New Blood, Hunters, The Affair, Designated Survivor. The list goes on and on. And Julie was on last season, season three of Mentors on the Mic. It's a great episode. And uh, yeah, all of these episodes, the links will be in the show notes. So if you just want to go and listen to that, go for it. But this is Julie Tucker. And some of it begins right now with the self-tape practice. All right. So like some of it starts with creating really good boundaries that you're not stopping in the middle of a take, getting through tapes, creating these habits that you're going to want yes. from the room so that you're in that mindset and not allowing what you can do in a self tape and get away with. I love that habits. So like, I always recommend when I'm teaching, like, okay, do three takes. That's it. Give yourself a boundary of three takes, give yourself the boundary of making it all the way through a take, no matter what happens. Yes. Because auditions are all about recovery. Your work on set is all about recovery. And Here's the thing. When you go back and look at that take, you might be like, oh, that mistake that felt Whoa, was like, mm, and the take was so gold. So yeah. what happened in the room so much with me and actors is, is like actors would stop. I'd be like, why? I don't, you just, you just stumbled a little bit. Like, it's like a little, I'm an ink, like it's not even anything that anyone else would see except for you and me, because we're in sync at the moment. I go, the take was gold. And then, and then it's really hard because it's really hard to then the actor to drop back in, you know, because the muscles, it's, it's a muscle. It's a, it's like a, a, it's a muscular thing in the body. So it's really important when people are doing self tape that they hold that themselves at the same accountability that they would, if they were in the room. So that's the work, you know, and I it doesn't that. become, I mean, that's a I always, really good tip. It's a really good habit. You're right for us to work on because we have, the luxury of being able to stop and start however much we want now, but like when it will go back at some point to in-person or even just when we have like the zoom audition type things, right. Where you're just like, 
All right. This is live. This is as live as this can be in my home. Um, there's still that, you know, you don't want to have that habit, like you said, of just wanting to stop and start or feeling like internally we're doing something not the way we want it to. And then having that be something that debilitates your audition or, or takes you away from what you're doing. Cause it, chances are no one else will realize that the, whatever internally is going on in your mind that you're like, I'm not nailing this, you know, like I'm Correct. not doing all the things I prepared. It's like, it's, it's still fine. It's there. Yeah. It's beautiful and interesting. And it's the, the process of self-taping, the process of Zoom, the technicalities of it engage another part of the, the brain and the nervous system. So one has to be really cognitive in the brain about that. Yeah. And not get lost in that. And has to go back to know what is my job as an actor? Okay, I've right. got like, and that's, you know, I'm a big believer in get your practice going. Like have like, be on Zoom, you know, working with material on Zoom that the way you would do it as an actor auditioning. Do practice self tapes you know i love um audrey helps actors yeah podcast right yeah and she's got that she's got that great self challenge and love i think it. exactly i said forget self just all right self tape may is great do self tape may but do do it in like september do it whenever it suits you um because it engages the muscles so that you know what to do when the opportunity presents itself because my vantage point has always shown me the opportunity presents itself very few are ready so these are actual tips, right? So it's not, again, about the quality of the self-tape and having to go to like an office and making sure it's the highest quality and, and it looks great. This is an actual tip, right? She says, practice your self-tapes, right? Practice them. Do them for fun. Um, you know, find resources and find people that will help and read with you. Again, it's about performance. The next clip is from an episode with Julie Schubert. Julie Schubert's known for House of Cards, Daredevil, The Departed. Um, she worked on Manifest. She worked on For Life, Jessica Jones a little bit. So not a little bit, 26 episodes. And she's phenomenal. And um, yeah, so she, again, you can get the link in the show notes. But this is what she has to say about self-tapes. Many actors consistently worry about getting it wrong, which we alluded to in the beginning. So what would you say to them about coming in with a confident choice and how not to have that mindset of it's right or wrong? The audition process is super strange because it is unlike any other part of the business you will ever be a part of. You are in this tiny room with someone like me who may not be an actor who's reading with you while also working on a camera at the same time. And you have to create something out of nothing. And right. That will never be the case once you have the job. You'll be on set with actual actors and costumes and props, and it will really feel like the, you know, the theater it's supposed to be. Yeah. But in, in an audition situation, I think people get psyched out about it. They're like, well, I have to do what they want. What, what do they want? I don't know how to do what they want. And it's not about that. It's about what you bring to the table. I love that Julie Schubert really understands the plight of the audition and how it's very unnatural and while she refers to something about being in the room there is something to be said about that being as a tip for the audition and not worrying so much about what so many other people think which is what Mary Beth Fox talked about earlier you know but or she at least talks about it in the um, full episode but the idea that we can't worry so much about what other people are thinking. There's too many people in the room figure, you know, to, to try to figure out all of what they're looking for in this one role. You just kind of have to do what you want to do. 
Um, and our next and final clip is with Alison Kirshner, who has done so much, everything from she's worked on The King of Staten Island, she's worked on Bros, the movie, she's worked on Crashing and The Big Sick and Inside Amy Schumer, and the list goes on. So she was on the end of our last season of season three of, of Mentors on the Mic. And she talks about like a lot of different things involving tips on how to make strong choices. Um, I, I asked her specifically a question from a listener um, and he asked about how, like, you know, in the room we're used to getting, we're used to, we're used to getting feedback, we're used to getting tips, we're used to getting readjust, like adjustments. And what does it look like when we can't have that? And so she answers that just plain and simple. Well, my only advice I think would be to just, if you aren't quite sure, there's always, it's always okay to send more than one take. If you want to take two, send two different takes on the character. I think also there's just like, for me, I can only speak yeah. for me. There needs to be an understanding that like, if I, if you come in and you make a wrong choice, that doesn't mean I'm discounting you. Like if I look at you and I see that potential of, but they're still right for the role or they're still, they still gave a really good audition. I have no problem either a having you get on a zoom with me and I'll, we'll do a kind of a, a redo and together or B have just even send you notes to retape. Yeah. So like, I mean, I do that all the time. I, I, you know, I'll be like, you know what? I love what you did. There's some things I want to work with you on. Can you hop on a zoom with me tomorrow? I, I, I don't think actors should have to overthink it and, you know, cause that's just going to drive you crazy. Like what, you know, what do they want? And, got to just make your decisions maybe send two takes but at the end of the day just know like I mean for me I'm not discounting you if if you just like made a wrong choice I'm I would more it's more just you know oh maybe you're just not right for the role right but if you're right for the role I'm going to work with you on it because I want to get the role cast with the right person so yeah. Any yeah. advice to actors about what works in terms of a strong choice like is there anything that you've seen that people do well and you're just like Yes, this is something I recommend to people about making strong choices. I think it's a, I'm in comedy, so that's very specific. Yeah. So for me, it's more just seeing uh, somebody who made the right comedic choices. Maybe, you know, a lot of, a lot of my projects, especially the Apatow projects, I, there's a lot of improv involved. Yeah. So if you're doing an amazing improv, I, I think that's always just going to stand out for me. Yeah. And seeing somebody just also just confident in their choices. I think, mm. yes, it's like, there's one part of, there's one part of it, like, what is the choice? But then there's also like confidence that has to be brought along with that choice. Yeah. I recently, this actress did this role, this audition and oh my God, it was so funny. And she just made these, this choice. Like she was like chewing gum really hard. She had this like ridiculous outfit on. She's like sipping this iced coffee. It was so over the top. It was so funny because she was so confident in that mm. choice she made. And yeah, one other actor might do it. It might be too much. Right. But she did it, and I don't know, the confidence she brought to it, the comedy, the improv, it was hilarious. So remember what choices work for you, you know, may not work for other people, and what choices other people do might not work for you, like in the case of that girl chewing gum, right? That's a strong choice. It worked for the character. It worked for her version of the character. But other people might be like, no, I can't pull that off, right? So... A lot of it has to come down to you, not the lighting you use, not the sound, you know, the mic and the sound quality, not the the backdrop that you have that other people um, have something better or a self-tape setup that's better. It's about performance. It's about technique. 
and we got this, guys. And it's hard because we don't have that feedback, right? We don't know. We send. I, I was telling telling Mary Beth Fox in in our, you know, in our interview that like it's it kind as an actor, it feels like we're setting off these auditions into the abyss. We don't get feedback. It's hard, but we have to just be really confident in ourselves and what we're doing and what we're bringing, and just and work with that. All right, that's it for now. Guys, feel free to revisit these episodes because they do give more tips to actors about self-tapes, about work, about the material, about how to approach things. Um, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to look at these people like educators and have us, them teach us about audition technique and learn about their preferences. And these episodes will do that. We'll learn about their preferences and what they're looking for and about them. And then use that for our own work and, you know, take acting classes. I, I say that knowing that right now I'm not in acting class. So I, I know I have to do that too. And um, guys, just best of luck. Break a leg, all of you guys, and all these auditions. And we got this. And, um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at Mentors on the Mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, you can also find me at, at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast, and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.